Hi there, it's Dallas Travers. Thanks so much for tuning in. You are indeed listening to Coaches on a Mission, the podcast for values-driven coaches who want a business you're really proud of. The episode you're about to listen to was recorded before we changed the name of the show to Coaches on a Mission. So you're gonna hear a reference to the Six Figure Coach podcast. Never fear, you're totally in the right place. These episodes were just way too good to remove from our archive. So I hope you enjoy and thanks again for tuning in. Hi there, it's Dallas Travers and welcome to the Six Figure Coach Podcast. In today's episode, you will hear me coach Carly Clark Zimmer through a mental block she's having. Carly right now is pretty much maxed out on private clients and she wants to scale a group coaching program, but... Carly came into the episode believing that a group program can't ever possibly help clients get the same results as private coaching, which makes it pretty hard to go all in with your private program now, doesn't it? So Carly and I, we worked through her block, plus we created a structure for her group program that sets expectations and keeps students engaged, basically by mimicking her onboarding process that she uses with private clients. So if you ever worry that your group programs cannot deliver the same results as private coaching, you'll love hearing Carly's breakthrough. Let's get into it, shall we? Welcome to the Six Figure Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Dallas Travers, and this is the show to listen to if you're a coach and you want the freedom, the confidence, and the impact that comes with a six-figure business. Each week, we'll discuss tangible strategies, simple systems, plus the juicy inner work to help you make more money and help more people. So thank you for being here. Let's dive in. Carly. Thank you for volunteering today. I'm so happy to welcome you to the Six Figure Coach podcast. Thank you so much for having me here, Dallas. I'm just, I'm so excited that you're doing this podcast and I feel honored that I, that I get to be here. So thank you. Yeah. And we're going to dive in and get some work done for your business today, which will be fun. But before we do, I'd love to just hear how things are going. Catch me up because we had a VIP day. Time is so blurry with what's happening in the world, right? So it was either six years ago or it was just last year. (laughs) So that was in the fall, right? When was it? It was actually in January. So about six months months ago. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, time is crazy right now. Totally. Yeah, so about about, uh, six, seven months ago. Yeah, okay. So feel me, how have things gone over the last six months? I'd love to just know, cause I feel like you're in a blossoming phase and, a, and therefore a transition phase in your business. So fill us in a little bit. Yes. So I have been moving through the six figure coach club and I've been really focusing on building my, uh, building my list mm-hmm. and, and just kind of getting that going and connecting with my community and back in January, we talked about this program, launching this program. And when everything happened with the pandemic, I had I, I just felt the need was so there. So I pushed up my launch date. I launched it. I wasn't I wasn't totally ready, but it was it was great and it was fine. So um, right now, I'm I'm really in the phase of looking at what just happened <laughs> in that program. <laughs> right. I'm just kind of like digesting it, looking at how I can make it better, and then really moving into the the course catapults, 
module of the six figure coach club and really looking at, okay, now I did it really messy. (laughs) And now how can I, how can I take a step back and really implement those steps that you share with us so that I can, I can really start to scale that program. Scaling. Right. Because if I understand correctly, you are at that stage. A lot of us get to, which is working a lot because your client, your private client roster is for all intents and purposes, it's full. Is that accurate? Yes. 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 Thankfully. And (laughs) and there's this funny thing that happens, right? It's, it's, we're praying and we're working really hard to fill that private client roster. And then all of a sudden it's full. And those other projects that, you know, can actually help even more people. They Mm. kept getting kind of pushed to the back burner. And then it almost feels like, what is this business I just created where I'm working all the time? Yeah. Right. I can remember years ago when I worked with actors, I at one point had, I think it was 42 private clients. Wow. And first world problems. Okay. For the record, I know we're we're complaining (laughs) about it's so silly, but I noticed one morning where I was resenting my clients, which is not cool, right? For a whole host of reasons. And it just revealed to me that it was time to scale in some way. So, and it is, it's a rite of passage, right? And for me, I'd love to know your thoughts on this too, but for me, that didn't mean getting rid of private clients altogether because I firmly believe that you're not really a coach if you're not coaching people. Mm-hmm. And inside of a group format, it's a different kind of coaching, right? It's a, just a, it's not worse, which we'll talk about, right? It's not better. It is different though. So I always have a few private clients, but not 42. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And you know, I'm, I'm a body mind coach. That's what my yeah. training is in, which is about embodiment. It's about dropping down into the body, connecting with your whole body. And what was happening was my schedule was starting to feel so full and I was so grateful for it. But at the same time, I started to feel that I, it wasn't sustainable. And I had already burned out in my massage career twice. Right. I had kind of hit that burnout mark. Right. And I started to feel like, oh, wow, I just created the same thing again in my right. coaching business. And so, yes, I love my private clients. I love them and I want to work with everybody. <laughs> Um, and so it, it was hard to say no to anybody. And that's kind of where I found myself in, well, here on the podcast to say like, right. okay, what do I do now? What do I do now that I want to keep helping people, especially when they're coming and they're ready and they're willing to come and, and work with me. And yet I don't have that bandwidth and, and just time on my calendar to serve everybody. Yeah. So I hear you. kind of where I'm at. Yeah, I hear you loud and clear. Great. So you launched, you had a messy launch, messy mm-hmm. first program launch. I, they're kind of, the first one is always kind of messy. So it's great. Yeah. And I'm fine no with how it. prepared it, you are. <laughs> it was my first five figure launch. So I am so fine with it. And it was amazing. And what was so cool was the clients, right? Eight weeks later, they were getting results instead of me spending those eight weeks getting everything ready and perfect. We yeah. just did it and, and they went through it and I was like, this is not all done. We're going to build it as we go. And they loved it and they gave me such great feedback. So no regrets and I'm ready to, I'm ready to refine it. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. 
Great. All right, Carly. So why don't we jump into coaching? Because I know your goal is to find a way to ensure that this group program is as high impact as your experience with private coaching. So why don't we get into that? Because I think the first step is going to be a bit of a mindset switch for you mm-hmm. before we can just dive into the, the look and feel and the deliverable around the program. Yeah. Um, so it, when you think about the pull or the conflict inside of yourself, when it comes to moving from one-on-one coaching into one-to-many, what comes forward for you? Okay. So the, <laughs> I thought about this a lot and, and I keep trying to work through it myself, which is why I'm so glad I'm here on the podcast because I, I also have a sense that it's, it's may not just be me that mm-hmm. feels this way. So what comes forward for me is my clients get results. <laughs> and I even told you this, I think, and when, when we were talking about what we were going to talk about today was, <laughs> I feel like it's an ego thing. Like my clients get results when I work with them closely and I get to have my hands in all of their stuff. And like, we're really, they're getting specific attention. They're getting one-on-one coaching and that's why they're getting the results. And I've been really honest with you that that doesn't make me feel good to admit it out loud (laughs) um, because it just feels like, oh, it's me. And, And I know that it's so much of the client that is actually they're the ones getting the results. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that is the block. It's like, I've got myself in there instead of letting the clients take their own credit or something. I'm not quite sure what it is, but I know there's something in there that, um, that I, I, I have a responsibility to give every single person one-on-one attention or they're not going to be success- successful. They won't be successful. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. I hear you. And I hear all parts of it, right? So there's that, the part you identified, which is the ego part, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you have had this experience because you haven't done a lot of group things, but I noticed something inside of my power groups. So we've got the six figure coach club, and then there's kind of the next tier, which is small group coaching, groups of four. And Last year, there were a a handful of power group members who reached out and said, can I also get a private session with you? And so we made that happen. And it was so illuminating to me because I didn't show up any differently. It was no different at all in terms of what we covered and the quality of the coaching and the action plan, all of those components between the power group meetings and the private session. Yet those private sessions often open the floodgates for these coaches to just next level their business. And what I realized was, oh, it's not only my mindset, because I've gotten my mindset cleaned up around the difference between groups and privates, and I'll, I'll give you some guidance around that, but it's the client's mindset. There's mm-hmm. something about, and I don't know if it's the investment or the experience of being in a private bubble um, they tend to show up differently. So I, I sound like I'm trying to, I'm, I'm, I realize I'm not being very helpful in sharing that with you. <laughs> and that's what so you're telling me. Yes. The show, folks. So thank you for <laughs> tuning in. <laughs> but so I think the focus here will be 
yes, getting clear on what you need to do in order to allow the group program to be the best it can be. But also, how do you create an environment where your group program participants are as invested as they naturally, effortlessly can be when they're a private client? Because I don't know that it's the structure. It's the investment of time and energy and and focus. So it's about creating an environment where that can happen. It doesn't happen as naturally, but where that can happen for all of your, your members. So how does that sound? What I'm hearing in that is um, almost like what I'm hearing is upping the investment. Is that what you're saying of the program so that they're more invested or uh, let's clarify investment. So I don't, ne- I'm not necessarily saying the price, Mm-hmm. right? But the emotional investment, what do we need? What do we need to put in place when it comes to the structure of the program in order for people to show up with the same emotional investment that they naturally do with private coaching? Oh, yes. Okay. That makes sense. Because it is just different somehow, isn't it? It is. And, and you know, I think, I think in private coaching, there is a, a responsibility of the, the coachee to show up, know exactly what you're going to focus on. Whereas mm-hmm. in a group program, it's easy to kind of sit back, oh, I'm just going to show up today and listen, and I'll just see what I get from the other group members instead of being ready to raise your hand, even yeah. though, and I've seen this in other bigger group programs that mm-hmm. I've been in, there's hot seats available, nobody takes them. Or like, you know, like it's, it almost seems like the bigger the program gets, the less invested. And I guess that's my fear that kind of comes up. So I'm not sure what to do about that. And I just want to acknowledge you because I really hear how we're using the word investment a lot today, but how invested (laughs) you are in your client's success. Yeah. I mean, I dream about it. I literally yeah. have dreams oh, about really? it. <laughs> yes. I'm like, oh, this is what they could call that. Or, oh, this is what they did. Their ideal client, we could, we could go this avenue. And so, yes, it's, it's definitely something that's on my heart. And I know, I know their capability of being able to help people is just so huge. Yeah. And so I, I definitely want to do my part and everything that I can do to help them succeed in that. Yeah. Um, I hear you. I get it. Okay. Um, I have a couple of thoughts. I'm going to share a quick story. And then here's what I'm thinking we should do today. Let's first address address shifts that you can make inside of yourself to really get fully behind this group program being the best thing on planet earth for your clients instead of the the second best thing that you're going to do because your calendar is too full, right? Relating to it differently. Then let's brainstorm structures that we can put in place to help your clients feel seen and heard and really show up fully in the same way that they would do with private coaching. Does that sound good? Yeah, that sounds amazing. Cool. Great. So quick little story. The first time I took a program online, okay, so I actually didn't really struggle well, that's interesting um, to move from privates into groups, but the group I moved into, here's why it was in a little office where there were 16 people in the group because that's how much room there was. That's how many chairs I had, right? So it still had this very intimate hands-on feel. And as my business grew, it was time 
to move to other markets. So this is back when I was working with actors and I had a book come out. And so a bunch of New York actors, I was living in LA, wanted to work with me. And I was like, oh, sorry, read the book. I don't have anything. You, you can't fly and sit in my office once a week. So I decided to do this beta test of an online version of the same program with a group of New York actors. And um, I was convinced it wouldn't work. I was so convinced it would not work. Those people, a higher percentage of them accomplished their eight-week goals in this eight-week program. No one ever missed a call. I don't think anyone ever showed up without a question. And what it revealed to me was, oh, hi, ego check. You don't actually have to be in the room (laughs) with people in order for them to be successful. That was so crystal clear. But I also realized I I set, I was much more conscientious about the ground rules, if you will, and the expectations to make up for, I'm using air quotes here, everybody, the fact that people weren't going to see each other face to face. And so what I noticed was my in-person group, people could almost phone it in, right? Like, oh, well, I showed up to class today. I did my part. And because when we went online, there was no just showing up to class and taking notes, people were much more invested. So there is a way to do it, and we'll get to the structure in a moment, but it starts with you. So let's start with you. Okay. Yes, I (laughs) I hear that loud and clear. Yeah. uh, That makes sense to me. So what would it take for you, Carly, to let go of the expectation that it has to be the same? Right. Like this is what it looks like with my private clients. And th- this is our relationship. And these are the results. I have to repeat that inside of a group because it can be different and still super valuable. So what would that take for you to let go of that requirement? I think the, the thing that's coming up is trusting when those group members say, I, I got so much out of this call and I didn't even have a question. And just trusting that because I hear that. I heard that all the time in the program. This call was so helpful. Um, what she said, what he said, you know, like what the other group members were talking about. This was so incredibly helpful. And I think what's really bubbling up is that I need to trust that, that that is just or if not more helpful than me giving them the support is just their willingness to show up and and bring their questions and ask their questions. Got it. So trusting the every member of the group, trusting that in their own resourcefulness, trusting that they are getting value, whether from the outside looking in, if that is apparent or not, letting go of equating level of participation with value. Yes. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And just giving them the dignity of their own process. Right. Absolutely. I can, I can think of a mastermind program I joined once. This person will remain nameless because it was horrible. It was a just a, a horrible experience on a whole lot of levels. And if I had to pick one coach I've learned the most from, it would be this person. Right, because it just revealed to me my own values, 
right? And how I want to show up in my business because I had this example of the opposite. So did I get my money's worth? Did I get value? Tenfold. Was it the value I thought I was going to get? No. So I'm not telling you that you can, like my example here, I'm not sharing this just so you're like, oh, okay. And then I'll just like show up and everyone will get what they need. But really trust Even if it's me. a terrible experience. Let <laughs> <laughs> see if I can give everyone a really crappy experience so that they'll learn what not to do. That's my strategy. But I've just seen over and over again in my own training and investments, but also with my clients, we're all getting what we're meant to get, right? Especially when everyone is striving for the best possible outcomes. You've probably figured out by now that I love launching. It's really my zone of genius, so I'm super excited that we're talking launches today. It's also why this episode is sponsored by the Coaches Launch Roadmap, a 14-step checklist designed to help you stay organized, feel grounded, and avoid those, oh crap, I didn't think of that mistakes that can cause your launch to be a big bust. If you want a firm foundation to launch successfully without keeling over, Grab my free launch roadmap just for coaches at coachlaunchroadmap.com. The guide will help you whether you've got a course to sell, a group program to fill, or you're just hosting a webinar to build awareness for your brand. You know, I've launched more times than I can count, and the Coaches Launch Roadmap will help you learn from my wins as well as my mistakes. So the link again to get the roadmap is coachlaunchroadmap.com. And now, back to the episode. Okay. So trusting in the group, giving them the dignity of their own process, letting go of the equation of participation equals value. So that sounds great. What practice can you put in place in order to really integrate that mindset? That's a tough one. What's coming to mind is some sort of and probably right in the beginning here, a daily practice of mm. checking in on that, of almost like a, a daily practice of trusting, right? That that whatever happens is exactly what's meant to happen. And that that's kind of what's coming up. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Any any thoughts? <laughs> any recommendations? Yeah. Um I have a couple of thoughts. The first one would be. That quick daily check-in, right? I so that and it would begin with seeing every client as whole and capable. Right? Resourceful, whole, and capable. It's not you that they need, they need an environment to step up more fully for themselves. So if it were me, I would probably do a little writing at the beginning of every morning. I see every client as resourceful, whole, and capable. They don't need me in order to be successful. They need an environment where I'm committed to providing that environment. And then, so we're just expanding into that, creating an experience of trusting them before you've had the experience of running the course several times and and seeing it for yourself. Mm -hmm. And then the other, two other suggestions, one would be right before each and every call, just centering yourself right? And tapping into that space of trusting the clients, almost seeing yourself as getting out of the way rather than leading the charge. Mm. Oh yeah. That really resonates. 
And, and I think there's just been so much pressure on myself too. Yeah. That they, they have to get results and they have to succeed. And, you know, we even talked about the name of my program and I'm like, oh my God, but what if they don't get the results? Um, and, and, and something you said a few minutes back too just keeps popping up is that expectation mm-hmm. of setting clear expectations. Like this is, this is the process and you're in your own process. Yeah. Right. And, and we all get to trust that process. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, that I know for me, that's been really helpful. And then the third suggestion would be after each class, um, checking in with myself, you know, how, how did I do? Right. Maybe it's a rating scale, rating yourself on the scale of one to five or something. Like, was I able to reside in trusting my clients? And then this is just a muscle that you will strengthen over time the more you do this. But I've just found if you go into a group program believing that it's not going to be as good as privates, that is a very low bar and you will reach, you will meet that bar every time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you won't go yes. much higher. Yeah, exactly. And this, this first round was, it was small enough. So I still got to, I got to feel like I could really support everyone. And, and this call couldn't be at a better time because as it gets bigger, right, this is the work that I know Mm -hmm. has kind of been making me push the brakes a little bit because I I wasn't sure how to go about um, growing that program and still having it feel um, like it's, it's the best support that I can give them. And like, it's going to be a really, great experience for them to go through. Yeah. I really hear you. Um, it's just, it's interesting. I think a lot of coaches can forget when it comes to delivering courses or large group programs. It's like we throw our coaching skills out the window a little bit and become the educators, which there's nothing wrong with educating, but those coaching skills are really valuable. And often coaching is about getting out of the way right? Asking great questions and letting people really giving them the dignity of their process. And I guess what I want to impart is that it's okay for you and everybody listening. It's okay to actively coach, right? And rely on your coaching skills more than your teaching skills inside of your programs. Because people, we see it with our clients. Believe me, if the idea comes from you, you're going to own it more. You're going to be more consistent. You're going to celebrate your results more. You're going to course correct more quickly. When it's curriculum, you're following, it almost lets you off the hook a little bit. So use those coaching skills. Sometimes that. even in the six-figure coach club, someone will post in the Facebook group and I will conscientiously say, ooh, I'm going to sit on this. I'm going to like let them be in this discomfort for a little while and see where it takes them. Right. And I might ask a really open ended question like, what leads you to f- feel this way? And just let them be messy for a while because the outcome will be more valuable for them. Yes, definitely. I, I'm thinking of um, my clients know that I do this. So I feel uh-huh. like I'm not going <laughs> to kind of giving a little <laughs> bit away. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I don't respond to their emails right away. Yeah. And for that exact reason, so that I'm not creating that codependency. Um, And sometimes I wait, you know, 48 hours and it's really hard to not respond. But um, usually by that time, they've had more information come to light. And often they've even found their own answers to their questions. 
Yeah, that's a pro tip. Everyone listening, like the have a policy, right? Like never answer an email from a client. Maybe it's a 40 out or 24 hour rule or 48 hour rule because it, there's so much value in that space. Smart, really good. Okay, so is there anything else you want to address related to the shift that needs to happen inside of you in order for you to be all in on your group program? No, I feel like this is it. You know, having that daily practice of, of journaling and, you know, why are my clients resourceful, whole, and capable? And, and just that they are, right? Mm-hmm. Not even why, but that just that they are whole and resourceful and capable. Um, and that deepening that centering practice before every group call. And then I love, I love the tip about the rating scale after. Like, how did I do? <laughs> how did I do there? Did I let them, did, did, I, did I really rely on my coaching skills and let them find their own answers? Or am I still being so quick just to, this is it, this is the strategy, this is the thing, which I know for me is always my, it has, it has been my growth edge of, I just want to tell them all the I mean, things. Right. And, um, and also knowing that if it comes from them, it's, it's much more powerful. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. You just want to save them the pain and anguish, right? But sometimes that's <laughs> yeah. where the lesson comes. So, okay. So our, how do you feel about switching gears? And we can brainstorm some ideas for setting expectations and building out a structure that allows people to easily step up in a bigger way and be invested like they would be with privates. Yeah, that's exciting. And it sounds great. Cool. Do any ideas come to mind? Well, you know, I did do a survey at the beginning of the course just to check in to see where they were mm-hmm. on what I was teaching. And that felt really great because it was a way that I could actually read through and get to know people uh, before they actually got started. So I could also look at the content, but just to see individually where they're at and, and what was going on. So um, that was that's something that I've already done that, that I could see kind of scaling that maybe a shorter survey because it was 14 questions and <laughs> be reading, um, reading surveys for a long time. Uh-huh. But um, that was really helpful. And also what I did notice was that the Facebook group, they were really supporting each other. By the time I got in there, I barely had any work to do. And I told them that I'm like, you guys are just doing a great job supporting each other. Um, So I'm also starting to see, and even through this conversation, that that in and of itself can be a really powerful way for them to have that experience. Yeah, great. Okay, so what? what, Tell I love this idea of the survey. Tell me what you're thinking around how you might be able to use that idea throughout the program in order to help people stay connected. The first thing that pops up is is either doing like little check-ins along the way. Mm-hmm. I know I know in my platform, I can do almost like a mini survey of just where are you at? How are you doing? What's going on? Um, <clears throat> are you feeling behind? Do you need more space? You know, uh, uh, so maybe that's a way to kind of keep taking the temperature of the people in the course Yeah, as I'm moving through. Yeah, I have a thought around that because we want to make sure it's structured. Remember, the intention here is how can we create an environment where people are naturally more invested? So we have to be careful that these check-ins aren't 
leaning into like, what do I need to change or what do I need to do in order to help you? It really needs to be about them. So one thing that I can tend to do with clients who, uh, if I've been working with them for a long time or I start to feel them stuck, right, is we will have a conversation where I ask them to rate how much value are you getting right now on a scale of one to 10? How much value are you getting from this process? And then scale of one to 10, how much effort are you investing into this process? And what I find is those numbers are, like if I'm getting a 10 in value, my effort is a nine or a 10 for me, right? So the way you measure effort is totally different from the way that I measure effort and that's fine. If I'm getting a four in value, the effort I put in is a three to a five. The numbers absolutely correlate. So what if, I'm sorry, remind me, how long is your program? Eight weeks. Eight weeks. Great. So what if every week it was a a check-in about that? How much value are you getting from the process and how invested or how much did you show up? How would you rate um, your your follow-through? We can think about what that language would be. Mm -hmm. And then the follow-up question is, What's one specific adjustment you can make to increase your investment um, number by one to two points? I love this because it's, it's like a survey. It is the survey to keep them engaged and everybody likes to take little quizzes and surveys and stuff like that. But it's almost like it is having that accountability to themselves by yeah. having those those check-ins every single week. Yeah. yeah. And then, I don't know, maybe this is public shaming, so <laughs> which a healthy dose of, dose of that can, can sometimes be very beneficial. But what if this was in the Facebook group where there's like a weekly thread and everyone in the comments answers those three questions? That way you can, they can support each other you can also tag people who don't answer because where, where I'm, what's coming up for me is, oh, the people who most need these check-ins are likely to be the people who won't take them, right? right? Mm-hmm. Unless, it's in, unless they feel very seen and supported. So if it's inside of the platform, it would just be interesting to test. What is the difference when it's a weekly Facebook group thread because you said that group is already active and what is it what's the difference when it's inside of the course platform mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I think that I, I love the idea too of tagging them in a thread because it also helps just bring them forward to say hey yeah. we see you yeah right you're not just get you're not a, you're not just a number you're not just getting lost in the shuffle here we want to know Yeah, we want to know how you're doing and we want to help you get the most out of this experience for yourself. Yeah. I I love love this idea. Yeah, it's super fun. So how do you think you might ask that that investment question? Like how invested have you been or how well have you followed through? What would be your language for that? What's one thing that you could do to increase that investment number? Or what's one thing that you could do um, to what's one adjustment you might be able to make mm-hmm. right, in order to increase how you're showing up here or, right. um, 
or bump that number up or some, I'll have to think about the language, but it's something around that just in terms of like, okay, these are your numbers. So what's one thing you can do if you're not happy with that number or, Mm -hmm. you know, to, to make that investment in yourself in your time and your energy and you're here, right? You're here for eight weeks, not that long. Right. So something like that of a check-in and they could even be different, you know, instead of like the same, Mm -hmm. same rating scale, but slightly different languaging might make it more interesting and fun as they go through. Okay. Okay, good. So the next time you run your course, are, is this a commitment you're willing to follow through on? It is. It feels okay. really, really exciting. I know how to do it, which is fun. And um, <laughs> I, I also think, um, yeah, I, I'm interested to see how that will, I'm interested to test it and see what, what happens. Yeah. I think it's great. I might even steal it and yeah. do it inside the Six Figure Coach Club. Okay. Just to loop all of our listeners in, the first thing that we did here was get really clear on what was happening inside of Carly that prevented her from believing fully that there was value in the group. All right. So then we have this little practice for you to help yourself cultivate that belief and that muscle. Now we're looking at how we can adjust the environment or set expectations to help clients be as invested as they are with privates. So we're going to do a weekly check-in rating, how much value are you getting from the process? And the word I heard you say was showing up. So how, how well have you shown up this week or how much have you shown up? And then what's one action you can take to move your show up number up by one or two points? Great. I love it. This is so awesome. I'm totally doing this inside the six figure coach. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's rolling their eyes. They're like, Oh, not another check-in. That's all you guys do is tag us and check in. (laughs) Yes. And I have to say, you've done a really good job at keeping that engagement in the group going right with the check-in. So I know how valuable that can be. And I I think they also provide this, this space of accountability of some people who have, might have a hard time showing up in a Facebook group, especially as they grow. Mm -hmm. I know this can be quite common. Um, So that, that, point of check-in is a nice place for them to say, okay, at least I'm, I'm doing this one thing. And maybe that's an expectation to set too. Of if you do nothing else here in this Facebook group, you know, put your numbers in here so that we can help hold you accountable to your time here. Yep. I think that's great. And again, let's be open to testing this because this is about helping people feel invested. So if your students have a reaction to this where they feel like they're being put on the chopping block, then we can always course correct. But I think this is a, fir- a great first step around this. Yes, so, definitely. Can you tell me a little bit about your onboarding process? Or So it's week one of the class, or maybe this is the prep work, but what kind of container are you creating for people? Okay, so like when they come in, what does that mm-hmm. look like? Yeah. yeah. When they come in, they have a start here module and my clients, they're, they're heart centered coaches. Um, they often, and especially in this program, they have a, an allergy to tech, <laughs> like a tech overwhelm yeah. is, is one of the things that, um, I, I hear often. Yeah. So that first module is really setting them up with something I call the tech ritual, which is, you know, lighting a candle, putting on some music. If you're going to go through setting up your tech 
to, Mm. you know, onboard clients or something like that. Um, So it's just helping them see right from the start that this process can be fun and different and we can actually bring their body and their embodiment into the the technical processes that we're going to go through. And so it's just kind of setting them up, helping them clear their schedule, put the calls on the schedule and um, setting their own intentions. And then the the survey helps them get really clear on where they are. Mm -hmm. So then at the end of the course, we can celebrate and say, yeah, it's only been eight weeks and look at all, look at, look at how far you've come in a short amount of time. Great. So what is your onboarding process with a private client? With a private client, we usually do about a 90-minute session in the beginning to get really clear on, and I've learned this from you, Dallas, um, so thank you, but just to get clear on their goals, their milestones, what are we focusing on so that in the term of the length that we work together, if they start going off and playing somewhere else, I'm like, that's great. Do we want to do that? Yeah. We totally can. And this is, this is what you said you wanted to come and work on while we're working together. Yeah. So for me, it helps build that expectation and it helps give me some clear uh, guidelines Mm -hmm. to help bring my clients back to so that if they come out of left field with something completely different, doesn't mean we can't work on that, but it's just a check-in like, okay, and this is, these are the goals you wanted to hit. So are we still going there? Do they need to be adjusted? Got it. All right. So here's what I heard you say. With the group program, people sign up, they go right into the training, right? And we're going to start with step one of the training. With private clients, before you get started on coaching or training together, it's a whole conversation, setting expectations, making agreements, clarifying goals and priorities, really creating a container for how we're going to move forward. So if you believe that people get more value out of privates, let's take what's working in privates and apply it to your group. My suggestion would be if this is an eight-week program, you've got a week nine right? Or a week zero, actually, (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. with this onboarding, right? And I I bet you, you can just pull from the questions, right? And the process you follow with your privates, taking everyone together as a group. Let's get clear on your goals and priorities and um, what our group agreements are. Let's get clear on the boundaries inside of the Facebook group. I want to share my company values with you so that you so that you understand where I'm coming from as I'm coaching you really creating that same amount of space spaciousness that you do before you actually dive into coaching with private clients Mm, I love that so and and would would you say like doing that inside of the Facebook group is that what you said or or having that experience be something that almost like, uh, like you said, uh, module zero or week zero, that they, they just get that, that additional um, onboarding from me. Yeah. So right now, just so I understand, part of this program, my understanding of your course is there's the training over here on the course platform, and then there are support calls during the eight weeks. Yes. Great. Mm-hmm. So I would have this onboarding be 
a week zero support call. Okay. Helping mm-hmm. people feel seen, feel heard as you scale, right? Because my vision for this program is for you to essentially have rolling enrollment, right? It's an evergreen course. People can sign up at any time and they go through um, the training and you have momentum calls, right? On an ongoing basis, something like that. That's another podcast episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But if you're engaging in group sessions, this is the first group session. And it's before, even before people have access to the training, just really to create those agreements. I'm actually right now in a training program, shout out to Trudy LeBron. She is just a genius. Um, And the program is focused specifically on diversity, equity, and inclusion. I'm learning so much from her. And we just, it's been like three weeks of week zero. And it's been so interesting for me because I'm like, let's get going. (laughs) (laughs) And her point, I'm learning so much about diversity, equity, and inclusion here, right? Which is the point. But she was saying how so often uh, people of color, right? Or people in the minority, their experience in the world is that of not being seen. Mm -hmm. So like white lady over here who just wants to efficiently dive in, I am reinforcing that experience for them of not being seen, which Mm -hmm. was such a light bulb for me. Right. And like I said, we're in week zero with Trudy. I'm so excited. But um, that's what inspired me to share this with you. But it's also taking what you normally do with privates because you believe it's better and just plopping it into this group program. Trudy even sends a DocuSign, a full on DocuSign contract to everyone. These are our group agreements and our company values, and we have to sign it. So now we're all like completely invested and all in, and we know where we stand and we know what the ground rules are. I love that. Yeah. It feels, it feels really clear and it feels uh, what I'm really hearing in this and taking away is that the process can be the same as my private clients. Yeah. Which is exciting. Because yeah. that feels so solid and, and we go into our working agreement together, knowing exactly they know what to expect. I know what to expect. And I'm really, those expectations are easy to, to share with them. Mm-hmm. And I just never thought that I could take that process and just somehow start to build it into the group program, yeah. which is really interesting. Oh, that's great. And then as you scale, it will adjust slightly right? So for example, inside of the Six Figure Coach Club, when someone joins, you can't access any of the training until you watch an intro video where I share the values in the process and sign a pledge. Mm -hmm. And the pledge is, it's like you have two choices. One is, yeah, I'm all in. I really am excited to sign this pledge. And the other is, I don't know, but it's the only way I can get access to the training. So I guess I'll sign. I remember that. (laughs) Um, and what that does is create an immediate ground rule, right? So if, if I have to remind you about the pledge, then we all are coming with a shared agreement. And then we also do monthly startup calls. So anytime a new co- cohort joins the club, Kylie hosts a special live startup call with them just to make sure they don't feel like the new kid in school, right? So, and that's been really beneficial. So even that culture creating agreement making process can be scalable as you build out your, your program. I love that for, for everyone like that, that just kind of opened up my, 
my mind to a whole new world of, oh, I can still do those first calls. Yeah. With new people as they come in. It doesn't just have to be. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Thank you. Great. All right. So I feel like we've made some progress here today. How are you feeling? I'm feeling really good. I've taken a lot of notes (laughs) (laughs) and I'm excited to go and implement this and, um, and, and start to test it and get some feedback. So, and to me, it just feels like the word that came up over and over again, as I was running this program was authenticity Mm -hmm. for my clients, for myself. Uh, It's a value that I have. And one that in that survey, every single person was talking about authenticity. And so I realized that that was one of the reasons they came to work with me. And I think that's one of the reasons my fear got so kicked up was, is this program still going to feel like me and, and like I can serve them in the way that I want to Mm. as it starts to grow and something like taking this onboarding process and applying it feels like I can create that container that feels really authentic. Great. Great. Well, thank you. That was really fun. Um, And just for everyone listening, let's just summarize. So there's two layers here. The first layer is looking at yourself and what, what adjustments as the coach you need to make in order to really believe in the program and be authentic about it. And then the second piece is what are some simple adjustments we can make to the process or the structure in order for people to feel naturally invested just like they do with privates? Yeah, brilliant. Amazing. Thank you so much. (laughs) You're very welcome. Thank you for joining us and keep us posted, right? I'll be watching you inside the Six Figure Coach Club. I want to know how it goes. Yeah, I will. Thanks, Dallas. Thanks, Carly. Thanks again for tuning in to the Six Figure Coach Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate and review the show. That's the best way you can show your support. I'd also love to connect on Instagram. So go ahead and take a screenshot of this episode or maybe a photo of yourself listening along to the podcast. Post it to your Instagram stories. Be sure to mention me. I'm at Dallas Travers and I'll send some Instagram love right back at you. We'll be back next week with another great episode. Until then... Keep going on your six-figure journey.